The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, Carmen Capuano is with us, who's a prolific writer, having penned more than 20 screenplays and as many novels in just eight years, covering every genre from rom-com to science fiction. And how are you, first of all? Very well, thank you, Toby. So what is it like to be a screenwriter? Um, you know, it sounds, and, and everybody thinks it's a very glamorous occupation, <laughs> and I guess to some degree it is because you're dealing with, you know, film stars and it's all fancy and you can imagine all this stuff and write about it and it's all, you know, that side of it is very glamorous. Mm. But the reality of it is that it's actually very mundane. You're literally sitting at a computer for, you know, X amount of hours a day yeah. for X amount of weeks to get the job done and then... Um, when you think that you've finished it and when you're quite happy with it, you send it off to the director and producers and, and they'll have another take on it. So, you know, you will sit and do rewrites or explain why the character does this or why the character has to say that particular thing. So it's definitely not as glamorous as as. Um, <laughs> As it's made out to be, truthfully. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people will say that some people don't have proper jobs and shouldn't be paid for doing something that sounds so fun. But really, every single job probably has its own day-to-day challenges and stresses. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when they were very little and the kids would see me with the laptop and I would be writing, you know, to them, I was on the internet, I was researching things or I was writing things and that was fun. And don't get me wrong, I love my job, yeah. but it's a job, um, you know, and the kids would say, oh, mum doesn't, mum doesn't work, mum doesn't have a job, she just sits in front of the computer all day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they do realise now that, you know, that there is a, a huge element of work to what I do. Yeah. And is it still quite rewarding work at times as well if something you've written has achieved some great success yeah I'm a very kind of strange stage in life because originally I was um, an author and um, wrote lots and lots of books over a period of a few years and then decided to go into film and tv and I haven't actually had anything made yet because um, I was working on scripts with um, Hollywood producers mm. um, and on other scripts with with other production companies, and they'd got A-list talent attached in terms of directors and in terms of you know big household name stars. Um, yeah. And they were supposed to begin into production, and then COVID hit, and everything just uh. basically ground to a halt. Um, and since then, some of them have sort of 
kicked off again. So hopefully they'll be, you know, starting up again very soon. But because everybody now, the schedules are backlogged and, you know, they're trying to get on top of things now that, that it's been backed up for so long. Um, so still I'm in a position where my scripts are going to be made that haven't actually been made yet. So the city with directors, with the talent, with the producers, and I'm waiting. And it's an interminable thing to just wait and wait and wait. Horrible. Totally horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's where it's at. Um, I've got a couple of things, a, a few films um, that are scheduled to be done and um, hopefully a couple of TV series as well. So it's it's literally just waiting for it to happen now. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And it's interesting about the whole COVID situation because I take it you already wrote from home before all this started. So things remained much the same for you in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have quite an insular job anyway. So obviously yeah. I was just sitting with a laptop prior to COVID. But what it did do was it put all the production side of it on hold. Yeah. Um, and so, as I said, you know, things got backed up that way. And then what's happened is that because during COVID, um, film companies and TV production companies couldn't film anything, they did at the latter half of it because they kind of got their head around the, how they could take COVID measures and everybody would get tested and, yeah. you know, and that sort of side of it. And they started to produce again. But what happened was that for a long time, places like Amazon and Netflix and, and streamers and ITV were basically saying, look, we've got enough things in, in front of us now to consider. We don't want anything more until after COVID. So although they were saying we've got no content, you know, we're starting to show repeats of programs and there was the you know there was a, a period in time there's a couple of months where if you turned on the telly you know Netflix might say it was a new film to them but it'd been on the TV several times before yeah. or the same with Sky so there wasn't any real new content coming through for quite a while simply because nobody could make anything new mm -hmm. you know EastEnders had stopped filming everything had just grown to a halt and so we kind of all thought, oh, well, they'll be screaming out for content. And they were. But what they wanted was stuff that was already made. Mm. And not many people had stuff that was already made. Everybody had scripts that was ready to go. But not many people at the time had things that were fully filmed and, you know, could just be literally put out there. So that was the situation. It's kind of going the other way now. Amazon and Netflix are reconsidering proposals and things now. So it is changing again. But it's been a peculiar couple of years, I have to say, in, in this industry. Very, very weird. Yeah. I guess you don't really tend to think about the writers when it comes to who's being left out of everything in the pandemic, do you? I think a lot of concentration yeah. has just been on the actors, maybe, and the companies. Yeah. I mean, they, they did set up um, a screen fund for you know, COVID, financial COVID relief um, yeah. for my industry. But I, I don't, I didn't get anything from it. I don't know who did. Yeah. Um, it was very sort of hit and miss, I think, the way they were allocating the funds. But it's mm. been, it's been a difficult time for this industry because also too, you know, scripts are, you write something and you write it because an idea has occurred to you or someone's asked you to write it, perhaps you've been commissioned um, yeah. or, you know, it's just something that you fancy doing. But really truthfully, what the TV situation and streamers and, and um, all the commissioners are looking for is trends. So they might say, oh, you know, such and such is really in at the moment. So, for example, it might be a zombie type thing. So a zombie yeah. thing is really in at the moment, um, but other horrors are out. Um, but then they'll, they'll have too much of it. And it's, you know, then they don't want that. So it's kind of 
very much trying to find the right thing of yours at the right moment in time. And that's that's just that's like an amazing mystical science. You know, who can do that? Who can predict what people are looking for in six months time? So there was a situation when COVID arose whereby people, some people had a lot of, um, you know, virus on the loose type scripts. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, that's going to go one of two ways. Either after COVID, the network's going to say, give us all your contagion type scripts that you have. Or they're going to say, no, we've had enough of that in reality. We don't want <laughs> yeah. those films. So, um, yeah, so that that's kind of interesting. But there's very much trends and you just kind of have to try and ride the trend, basically, and, and stay on top. Difficult. Yeah. I suppose that's true. I think people have been in two minds about that because at the start of it, a lot of people were like, I'm going to watch Contagion. And another were like, no, I don't want to watch that. That's scary. And it's going to just make me scared, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose really it depends as well whether or not you have been directly touched by COVID. We've all been touched by it in the sense that, you know, most of us have had to have jabs. We've had to stay Mm. inside. We've had to, you know, isolate and, and be very careful. But of course, some people have lost members of the family, husbands, wives, children, you know, yeah. so I can't imagine that if you were in that scenario, you would ever want to watch any, you know, viral type film or TV series because it's just too close to home, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And some people might have a problem with making a film about COVID because you're kind of exploiting it to make money. But then you could say the same about war films, I suppose. So I don't know if that's a very valid point, but people might make it. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a time, I think maybe after, you know, three years have elapsed or a decade's elapsed, elapsed, it would possibly be okay at that point. But I think right now the COVID scenario is very raw for a lot of people. So yeah. I personally wouldn't wouldn't go down that route. Yeah. So how does writing screenplays for films differ from writing novels? Because I guess the structure is different, but is much more different as well. Oh, yeah, it's vastly different. Yeah. Um, yeah, the structure is very different, you're right. And generally speaking, um, it can be a lot quicker to write a film than it can be to write a book. Again, it depends upon, you know, what subject matter is, truthfully. Um, But the main difference is that with a book, everything, literally every thought that you want the reader to have, you have to physically put it into their head through your writing, through words. So, you know, you tend to be, well, I tend to be very descriptive and I will um, really delve into feelings and really delve into motivation of my characters within a book with a film although you're doing the same thing you're doing it in a very different way so it's a visual thing you know it's a visual medium so you will maybe have the character you know give a certain glance to another character or I don't know lift something up and put it back down without using it to you know to show that they're motivated in a certain way or they're about to do something or not do something for whatever reason but with a book you've very much got to say you know I really want to press the button on this fire extinguisher but I want because I know that if I do you know it's so it's it's very different um and I think because of that I love both styles of writing equally because they bring out different parts of me so when writing a book I become very involved and it's very regardless of the story and I write sci-fi drama um, I do comedy work I I do everything I'm very cross genre Um, but when writing a book I like to dive 
Right. And so you get a lot of um, readers coming back to me and saying, you know, I, I felt like I was in the book. You know, I, I felt like the main character, like all this stuff was happening to me, which is fantastic because that's exactly how you want them to feel. But it's harder to do that in a book than it is in a film because we are visual creatures. You know, yeah. we even when we're talking to each other, our eyes are going all over the place and taking everything in, you know? It's yeah. just what we do. Yeah. So. How do you manage to keep on top of all these different genres that you do? Do you ever find it hard to do a range of stuff or is it pretty easy in the end? It's very much dictated by the characters and the story themselves. So I don't yeah. sit down, for example, and say, right, I'm going to write a comedy or I'm going to write a drama or or I'll have another sci-fi book. It's dictated by the actual story, and, and that is how it should be. But what I tend to find is that, for example, I've got um, a sci-fi series, book, book, 10 books, which are um, the owner's books, and they're a whole series. They're all sci-fi. But some of them are post-apocalyptic because um, they're set in our, the set in 2050, which is our kind of, you know, quite close future, really. And then many of the other books are set in the very far distant future because it's an epic tale about how we get from more or less where we're at now to this situation way, you know, in the future. And so some of them are just purely sci-fi. None of them are space opera. Um, but some of them are dystopian. Some of them are post-apocalyptic. Um, and there are elements as well of humour in them. There, there's a little bit of maybe no comedy, but certainly a, a touch of humour because in real life, you know, no one has a life that's just funny or just yeah. sad or, you know, whatever. We, we all have lives where certain things happen and there's a period in your, your life when you might be very sad or very happy. But even so, there are moments there where it's almost interchangeable because you will always go through this gamut of emotions in every life. And I think that should be shown. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In, in books and in characters' lives, that it's not just two-dimensional, you know, that they have all these other things going on that has an impact upon the character as well as upon the storyline in general. Mm. So so I do write cross-genre. Um, and as I said, I don't, you know, I don't plan it. It just kind of happens that way, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> so it works out well. Yeah. So how did you first decide that you wanted to be a writer? Yeah, it was, it, it's a bit of a weird one, to be honest, because yeah. it, it was never really a conscious decision. I kind of mm. fell into it. Um, I had, uh, I've now got three kids, but at the time I'd, I'd had my first child and um, and then subsequently another two. And when, when the eldest was still very young, I'd started to tell him this bedtime story. Um, and I told it to him every night and every night we went a little bit further into the story and it got bigger and wider and, and more interesting. And at some point while I was doing this, I kind of thought, oh, this, this story isn't coming to an end. It's not running out. Kind of, you know, because that's what I'd expected. Um, so I had this this crazy decision that I should sit down and write it down. I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And that'll be two or three hours and it'll be done. <laughs> and then about somewhere about the third chapter, it suddenly dawned on me that this wasn't a book I was writing. It was a series of books and that it was going to be 10 books. Um, in total, which, to be honest, as a novice writer, nobody sits down and goes, right, I'm going to write 10 books. <laughs> it's just, that's just insanity, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so I continued to write it, and I did a few um, talks once I'd, I'd published the book. I actually self-published that one. And then I got, I wrote a different book, and I got a publisher for that, and I kind of started the journey properly writing then. And people would come up to me when I would do author talks, and they'd say, well, you know, how did you know it was going to be a series of 10? And what are all the other books about? And I said, well, you know, this, this book is about way in the distant future, and then the next book is about 2050, and, you know, it starts to progress forward then. So it's book two is like a prequel, and it takes you know, little baby steps right back to the situation through the rest of these nine books to you, where you started it in book one. And people would, oh, you've got it all planned out then. And I'd say, no, I don't have anything planned out. Yeah. It will just happen. And to me, it's a bit like a kind of, it sounds really silly, but I treat it very much as a mystical process. I don't examine it too much. I literally um, open up the computer and I just start writing and it all just kind of falls into place magically. Um, and it's it's wonderful because what actually happens is that I'm writing stuff that even I don't know how it's going to pan out or, or where it's going to happen and you know where the story is going. Yeah. I might have a vague idea that by the end of it, you know, it will have achieved this or it will be there. But the process of getting to, you know, from the start to the very end is a complete mystery to me. It literally downloads in my head as I'm writing it. Yeah. So it works, you know, it works for me. And so I don't question it too much. I think 
if you start to question things like that, you know, maybe you'd lose the ability. I don't know. I'm, I'm a wee bit sort of um, <laughs> worried about looking at it too, you know, too yeah. much just in case. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really weird thing. And as I'm not a writer, I will never understand that probably because it's so weird. Do you even have to think about it at all? I See, I often wonder if I think about it when I'm not consciously thinking about it. You know, if yeah. during my sleep or moments of subconscious or when I'm walking the dog or doing the dishes or whatever if there's something churning over in my brain then I, I honestly don't know what I do know is that sometimes um, I'll get what I think of as a download so for example it'll pop into my head um, and I'll go oh okay so that's the next bit and I will know what happens um, for example there was a there's a scene in um, the owner's volume one where there's um there's some chocolate spread and you know and this chocolate spread is mentioned in the cupboard and, and I kind of thought to myself okay that's a bit well I don't know why I'd mention that but the, they must have some relevance and then later on they use it to to write something um, I mean actually the idea of writing something with chocolate spread doesn't look really very appealing to the truth <laughs> no. you know but it, it was a means to an end yeah. um and likewise there's a there's a scene in another book where um they're in this basically this big converted barn and there's been a genocide scenario and they don't know who's perpetrating and then one of the the people in this barn puts a a lantern down that shines up upon the the face of the the person who's in there and I actually I mean I'm writing and I actually went because I didn't know who it was right up until that (laughs) minute you know, and I thought, wow. oh my, well, that explains then. And I, and I kind of thought back and I thought this person had said something earlier on and had done something earlier on, which at the time I kind of glossed over and thought, okay, well, they've said or done that, that, you know, people do do weird stuff sometimes. But then on reflection, I realized that that was a kind of hint towards it being that person, but I hadn't known I was doing it while I was writing it. Yeah. So, yeah, so so it just happens, just happens. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. That's the only possible explanation. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it's like someone's controlling you and just yeah. writing the words for you. Absolutely. I'm a puppet. That's what it is. I'm just a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And when you're not writing books, do you have fun things that you get up to then? I don't know if they're fun things, in all honesty. <laughs> um I'm very sort of singular-minded when it comes to writing. So writing is the main focus of my day. Um, I watch a lot of TV. I I usually watch a film a night, which I guess Mm -hmm. to some people might sound, um, you know, sort of overkill, really. But I enjoy the TV. And it's a a nice way for me to chill out and also to see what the competition is, basically, what everybody else is doing, what trends are, and you know, and so on and so forth. I've got a, a, at the moment, I've got a one-eyed Bosnian rescue dog, um so I'm very very into um animals pets in general um and their well-being and the whole plan about my writing in actual fact is that um a huge chunk of my profits are going towards uh, funding animal rescues in this country and abroad um and supporting various rescue centers and helping them to rescue more animals because it's it's a really huge fundamental part of who I am um so so there's that and also um I'm I have a production company with um the wonderful Louise Osborne 
And part of our film production company um, ethos is that we give back to the community. So therefore, some of our profits from that as well will go towards um, changing people's lives, basically. So, for example, if we're, we're filming a film about uh, a character who's perhaps homeless or, or a refugee or has been raped or you know whatever the situation is, if there is a social impact within that film or screenplay you know we will use some of the profits to to fund charities and help people yeah. in those particular situations so it, it you know i wouldn't call that a fun thing to do no. um but it's certainly something I'm very involved in and, yeah. you know, and, and I'm definitely trying to push, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to have things like that in your life, because if you're not going to help these animals, then who is? Yeah. I mean, I've always had rescue dogs and, you know, animals are, are very close. Now, I was once a, a trainee veterinary nurse many, many moons ago. Um, yeah. So... I, I did start off thinking, oh, maybe there'll be animals in my books. And there are animals in some of them, but I'm, I'm certainly not Dean Kuntz. I don't put a dog in every book. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they're only in some of them. But, but in terms of real life, yeah, very much for, for the animals. Yeah. Well, what are you working on at the moment in terms of future projects? Is it all top secret or is there stuff you can tell us? Yeah, there's a couple of things that are top secret. Um, mm. One that's, you know, we're waiting for a, a green light to, to go ahead on, um, which should be with household names and household name directors and household name talent, which should hopefully mm. be absolutely fantastic. But I can't talk about that. There's a couple of other films. Um, there's one that my production partner and I were doing um, called Dead of Night. Um, but we've pulled back on that slightly because we've both got really busy doing other things. And there are only so many hours in the day. And I think that is the difficulty because I write for, you know, our production company. Um, and I also write for lots of other production companies and things. Sometimes it's a case of, of juggling things. Um, so at the moment, I'm working on a, which may be my last book for a while. Um, and I've just, uh, I, it was called um, something about, a, what wasn't called something about a boy. It's called something to do with a boy. Um, and I've changed the title today, but I'm not absolutely sure if I like the title yet. So we'll have to wait and see what that's going to be. But um, yeah, I'm on chapter 12 at the moment and I had a major download today and was quite stunned actually the intrigue that uh, that the main character is going to suddenly enmesh herself in because I was kind of thinking it was it was trundling along and I was kind of thinking oh you know this is this is interesting it's a it's a mystery and it's a romance and there's a little bit you know kind of little tiny bit of maybe paranormal in there um and I thought it was going that way. And then suddenly we had this big download and she's now investigating something. So so this this event has happened um, and she actually, I can actually tell you about it. She, um, she thought that there was uh, a time before she was born when her mother had had a baby, basically. Um, oh. And she's now trying to investigate that, which sounds, when you say it like that, it sounds really bland. <laughs> but the truth is, it's actually a very exciting book. Um, so, yes, I'm currently writing that. And I'm also organising for a couple of other of my books to be published. I've, I think I've got a backlog of about 20 books that I need to get published, um, mm. simply because... I started to write them and then I was busy writing films and, and doing other things. This is obviously prior to COVID. And 
it just things just kind of got backed up and I didn't have the time to publish them and so now I'm trying to make the time to do that as well as everything else so yeah it's all a bit crazy at the moment but I like it like that so you know (laughs) well where are we able to keep up to date with you everywhere if we'd like to okay so I have uh all the usual stuff Instagram Twitter Facebook I've also uh, got a blog on blogspot I mean if you literally google my name you will bring up you know all the social media accounts and pretty much you know everything um, about me, plus a, a ton of very strange pictures. I look at them sometimes, and the, you know, I don't know if you ever Google yourself, and then you find that um, there's people in there that you don't know, but that you know they've got your name um, yeah. on on the picture, and I think, oh, I wonder if people think that actually is me, and it's a man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that can be a bit peculiar sometimes. But yeah, so if if the um, if you Google my name, then you will find out everything you need to find out about me. I'm also on Amazon. I have a, an Amazon Author Central page. Um, and basically, I, I always respond to everything. So if, if people message me, I, I do my very best to respond. I'm not one of these people who has a team of people behind them, you know, all this, you know, people pretending to be other people and all the PR It is genuinely me. If you get a response, it will be genuinely me. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been great to have you here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.